What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host. My name is Fred Moore. And today with me is Brian Zurich out of Baltimore, Maryland. Brian is the oh great bearded one, as you can see in the video. If you're listening on Spotify, um, you could go over to his Instagram account while you're listening, maybe. And you can check out his really cool profile there. He It's just a very well put together Instagram account. This guy lives his life like a warrior. He swings mace. He lifts big, giant, heavy stones in the middle of the field. Um, super masculine. Uh, your testosterone levels got to be through the roof, Brian. Um, Thanks, so, man. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun, and that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast to get behind some of this stuff and dig a little deeper with who you are and where you come from. So thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, man. I, I hadn't did one of these in a lot of years, and uh, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, I was really looking forward to this because um, I feel like, well, you're a little far away from me. Not too far, though. And I always yeah. think I could just get to anybody in the world just like that. But if you lived down the street from me, I'd be hanging out with you all the time, lifting stones and just getting uh, Viking. No. It'd be great, man. I mean, I always hate being uh, the top dog, you know. I, I, I love to train with somebody who can show me stuff and, you know, actually outcompete me. And I know there's plenty out there. It's just I never, I, you know, I, I, I trained people before, but, you know, a couple of years ago, but they always quit and never come back. And I, I you know, I, I used to tell people, um, you're going to train with me, you're going to bleed. You're going to sweat. You're going to be in pain. That's what my training is about. You know, it's about finding the the inner warrior inside of you. You know, to me, that's what it's about. It's fun too. I love it. I'm at war when I'm working out, man. That's it's all in my head. You know, and it works for me. Doesn't work for everybody. I don't exercise. I train. I train to lift heavy, but mostly uh, my deadlifts. And, and the heavy mace, I mean, that 40-pound mace is no toy, you know. It already blew my elbow out the first swing I did seven months ago with it. All I heard was popcorn in my left elbow, and, you know, I put it down for a long time. But now but, you're back to training with it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, now I, you know, uh, I know a few weeks ago, I mean, when you get that thing going, it actually threw me off my feet, man. You got 40 pounds swinging behind you. You got to have the core strength to do that too, and you, you know, I mean, I know you say stuff about my boots, but uh, you know, the military wears them. I do all my lifting in military style boots. You know, yeah, I, I love that. That's that was why I picked up on it. I, I actually always trained in boots too, but I yep. had to stop because the 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 toe box was causing my toes to compress together. Okay. And I had to find something that had a wider toe box. So I actually bought like CrossFit sneakers. And okay. I, I always used to train in boots because yeah. I was just like, this is real life, you know, footwear here. You're like, I'm not going to put on my fancy little CrossFit sneakers to go do what I got to do in life. And that's kind of right. a man wears a pair of boots and he goes out and he kicks ass. And that's it. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, and, and really the, the reason I start wearing boots cause, uh, when I was training down the park, uh, my old neighborhood uh, had all my stones there, and I had a pair of, uh, I think, my Converse I was wearing. And uh, so I, I put the stone down, uh, my 145-pound stone, 
Brutus, I used to name my stones. And uh, I sat them down and I actually watched in slow motion it tilt and fall on my toe and it broke my little toe. And I said, never again. I actually, my first pair were steel toes, man. I mean, I, I didn't want to take any chances. I mean, it's dangerous work. There's no safety nets and lifting stones. But let me tell you, man, uh, when I transferred to the iron, I was like, I was strong as hell, man. Like the log is, was so natural with the hand movement of how I lift stones and stuff like that. I was just, I, I couldn't believe uh, how much weight like, like I was lifting over my head at, at that time and, and my deadlifts. I was like, holy crap, man. Um, it's, you know, I mean, I tell anybody, go out there and lift stones, you know? I mean, it'll, it'll build up so many muscles and all oh, your tendons, your fingers, you know, you got to grab that thing, man, and you cannot let go, you know? I mean, yeah. works for me, works and, for me. Yeah, and, and where do you get... So you have your stones, you said they're situated at the park or well, are they on at, your property? At my other house, you know, I'm divorced from my wife and I used to lift at Stansbury Park. I had all my stones there. I, actually, what I was doing, it's uh, a quarter mile around the, around the pond. And I, I, I used to make sandbags. I used to use military duffel bags and I fill it with wood pellets. So it was an easy thing. I, I'd seen it on a website or something, a cheap way to make sandbags. And I used to carry them, you know, seven blocks to the park and do a couple laps. So one year they were redoing the bulkhead and the workers are, you know, putting all this big stone here. And I get around to the guy and the guy said, why don't you carry one of them around? And I said, are you sure? And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all want to see you carry that stone. And I said, okay, I never lifted a stone before. And I got it to my uh, my knee and threw it on my shoulder. And they're all in shock. And I said, all right, I'm just going to leave my sandbag here. Let me carry it, you know, do a lap around the, uh, around the pond, and I'll be back. And that's how that kind of got started with that. Now, I had a lot of stones there and also the log, you know, the big log there. And I did that for three years. And one day... Well, a few weeks before that, somebody kept taking my stones, you know, haters, and we all have them. And then one day I came and all my stones were gone and they chainsawed my log off. I mean, oh so I, I never went I never went back to that park. And the stones I have here are from uh, the garden. I just take out the board, big border stones. And, you know, I got them. Uh, luckily, I'm across from uh, the Kenwood High School. It's a high school. So I do one lap around all their sports fields, which is like, it's three football fields and three baseball fields and a soccer field. And I'll do the whole, whole perimeter of that with my carries. So it, you know, I remember the first time I did, it took me like three hours, I think. I was carrying uh, uh, my trap cage, which is, is awesome. You know, you don't have a trap cage or trap bar, you ought to get one because you could do so much with I them things, one. man. You know, that's why I do the quote, uh, uh, can I say the F word on this or, you yeah, know, walk, walk fucking heavy. That's <laughs> what it's all about, you know. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm happy to have that, them fields right behind my house. I have a woods up the street where, where I carry all kettlebells through farmer's walks, you know. Farmer's walks, if you have one exercise you can only do in your life, the farmer's walk is it. 
it's going to build your strength up all around, you know, farmer's walks. Now, Get out there and do them. <laughs> let's talk about the farmer's walk for a minute because it's an interesting exercise. And, I, yes, I agree with you. And the people who have showed me the farmer's walk said the same thing you said. So yeah. there's, a, you know, all these great minds think alike. But can you, can you explain how to do a farmer's walk effectively? Oh, well, me, uh, you know, I, I've never had, uh, one thing, I've never been in a gym, okay? I've never been in any kind of gym. I've always did my own thing. You know, I would watch things on YouTube, you know, videos of, you know, people, you know, training, especially the mace. But the uh, the farmer's walk is, is pretty much, you know, you, I, you, you start out light, like with everything. Make sure you get your posture straight. You know, you got to, you don't want them shoulders going in. Just, I don't know, I just lift weight up. You know, I have the handles too. I just, uh, I got, <clears throat> I got the handles like two years ago. And, uh, and actually the handles are harder than the trap cage because you're going to find your weakness on your right side or left side with that, which the trap bar or trap cage you compensate for for weaknesses. Yeah, you it's, don't know. it's a closed chain, basically. Exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just like watch your posture. I mean, I do dangerous stuff. I walk in fields with uh, holes in it. There's when it with mud. There's it's swampy. There's them sour gum balls that are spiky. You're treading on them. I mean, it's but that's what I. What I like doing, I like training outside. It's more, you know, refreshing. You know, I see hawks and snakes, you know, fox. I'm not going to see that stuff in the gym, you know. I don't want to look at somebody's sweaty sweaty body or smell them or stuff. I'm out in the fresh air, man, you know, yeah. doing my training. And you could do this. I In my other house, I had a small yard, and I just did circles around my yard. And uh, another thing is, is I took two five-gallon buckets back then before I had money for weights, and I just filled them with stone and bricks. And I, I remember saying, man, this is a cool invention. I, I just invented this, uh, you know, carrying buckets. And uh, come to find out, of course, it was the farmer's walk. I didn't know anything about exercise and, or stuff like that. Yeah. I just, like, if I carry heavy shit, I'm going to get stronger. And, and you, know. you noticed you noticed something was happening when you were doing the farmer's walk. So the, it's like a, a, a natural human movement. And I, I don't know yeah. if you uh, – like basically you go for hikes and stuff carrying kettlebells. And, yeah. you know, this is military-style training, rucking. And there's a company, Go exactly. Ruck. They put yep. on wave vests, you know, and you – in fact, I'm going to go for a ruck uh, on later this week with somebody do like a short ruck and – the whole idea is to carry weight over uneven yeah. territory, uneven ground, and um, yeah. expose yourself to whatever the weather is that day. Exactly. But this is this is excellent training. It's um, it, it'll burn a lot of calories and build strength, but it doesn't uh, necessarily deplete you like a high volume workout either. The humans yeah. are designed to walk for miles and miles and miles carrying weight. Exactly, man. I mean, I, I um. Um, in, in the old neighborhood with the park, uh, I remember one time there was two feet of snow out there. And I put my 40 pounds of chain on. I had weights around my ankles. I think they were 15 pounds, 15 pound weights. 
And I went for a walk through that shit, man. I mean, I love to I love to challenge my body. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know. I, I, See, I, 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 it's not an exercise. It's not exercising. I never call it that. I call it training. I'm training my body, man. And you right. never know when when you might when you might come into a situation where all you have is you. And you might be in some bad weather, man. You better know how to deal with that stuff, you know? Yeah. Now, you, earlier you said you don't really train to, like, win competitions, things like that. But you basically you, you, you said you train to push yourself and train for life. Now, if yeah. I was in a survival situation and I had to pick you or the guy who trains for a competition all the time – to, you know, band together and and live through this uh, survival situation, I would choose you because, yeah, you might not go out and win deadlift competitions, right. but you have that, that, uh, that drive to put yourself out there and just get into the depths of your soul and your being. Right. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're transitioning through, uh, heavy, heavy carries and lifts, and putting your you're putting yourself into a through a stressful situation. But where most people would break down from that stress, it's actually giving you a charge. It's it's energizing you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, um, another thing I, that I, I did used to do these part carries. Now I'm all about war and violence and you know ancient battles and these. Ancient soldiers, they could travel 60, 100 miles, three days, what, you know, four days and go right into battle. So that's, I used to put myself, and sometimes I still do when I'm out, when I'm, when I'm doing my walks outside, I put myself in this battle mood. And uh, like the old days, I used to carry my sandbag. That was my, in my head, my, my weapons, my armor. And then I would carry it right to my training area where my stones were, the stones and log. That was my battle. I was going into battle. So, so I, would, I would carry the bag, six, seven blocks, then a quarter mile to my area. And then, you know, pretending I was this warrior and put my bag down and then go right into battle with throwing the stones and carrying the stones. I had I had a different stone for each um, for each uh, training mode that I did. I had a throwing stone, which was 90 pounds. My shoulder stone, uh, there was two, 145-pound uh, Brutus, and then 165-pound Wilson. And um, then I had my, my flipping log that I would flip. Now this area was 50 yards down, and 50 yards back so I had to take everything down and then everything back so that was you know that was my training I also had a concrete cylinder that I did overhead lifting which was uh I think it was a little over 100 pounds 103 pounds that's where I learned how to do all my overhead I used to tell myself I can't do overhead I'll never do overhead lifting and then I just this little stone this cylinder is what started like my lifting overhead and when so, did when did you discover the mace? How long have you been using one for? Um, I'm gonna say uh, probably like like two years after I got into training. You know, I started late in life. I started at 43 or 44 years old, and uh, 
Um, Rick Brown. I don't right. know if you. Yeah, Mr. Baseman. Every, everybody knows Rick Brown, you know. Yeah. So I used to go watch his video. I, I think I got uh, I got the 15 pounder from uh, on that. Uh, you know, they saw a lot of maces there. And um, so what I would do, I would, I would go down my basement, watch the videos. Then I would go outside and swing it and get all black and blue and hit me. And I was a mess, man. I said, oh, that's not right. Let me run back downstairs again and watch the video. I had uh, the Compact Presurio, uh AOL video thing and it was took so long and uh oh go back out you know get all bruised up and batter up you know all battered again that's how I learned and uh, I was probably about 45 I guess at that time when I start learning the mace now when you added in mace swings did you notice anything change with your other lifts and everything your overhead press and all that did you did they, did they get better I, it, it's, it's hard to tell now, but I can tell you right now at the 40 pound mace, oh, there's a big difference in my strength, man. I, I could, I can look in the mirror and just see my shoulders, like, you know, my forearms, my grip, you know, I mean, if I get a hold of you, man, you're not getting away. <laughs> so, yeah. Just better watch what you say. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's exactly what a, 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 an ancient warrior would want. They would want grip strength yeah. because they have yeah. to. It's all hand-to-hand -hand combat. You're either holding a heavy weapon or you're taking the guy you're trying to fight to kill and yeah. you're killing him with your bare hands. So that's yeah, – Exactly, man. <laughs> I yeah. love that. So, yeah, you have this really – so you're in interested in the history of warfare. Of I mean, I, I, I mean, I dab on it. I mean, I, you know, I, I like the Romans – you yeah. know, how, how they fought, you know, they fought as one person, a whole army, yeah. you know, that's why they defeated everybody. What did they call that, phalanx? Was that the phalanx? They got uh, the phalanx and testito was another one where they go into battle and they got their shields over top of them and stuff. And yeah. shit's incredible, but there's some movies out there, man. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll see that stuff. And, uh, um, What's the um of the gladiator? It's you know there there's a big flaw in that movie. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I mean the beginning is a great war scene, but when you see the the army going down the hill, the warriors, that's not how it was, man. It looks like in that the warriors are just all singled out and just running down the hill. I mean yeah, they all went, stretched out and yeah, that's yeah. not how it was. That's the only thing I don't like about that movie. I'm like, man, it's got to be Shields Lock. Yeah, that's they were. How they, that's how he went into battle. That that they drilled that daily. That was yeah. That's a good point, man. That that yeah. would, now that annoys me that that's in there. Yeah, that's a major flaw. That's a detail. They drilled that. It, that's where they got their strength from. From working as an integrated unit. If somebody exactly. if somebody failed and broke ranks, they would punish that guy. They'd be like, you you just you just killed twenty of your guys because you can't stay integrated. Right. That's a good point. Now there's a scene in uh. The, the series Rome, a short series that was on HBO. And on uh, the first episode, it, it shows how they how they fought and, and ranks like that, you know? You had a one line, and they would fight, I, I think, for a minute or maybe two minutes. And then, you know, the sergeant, he would blow the whistle. Then that front row would go all the way to the back. Another row is right there. That's how they fought. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just like there were so many rows of warriors that, of course, they're going to wipe out everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. You know. So, but uh, what about like um, uh, more modern warfare, like World War Two, Civil War? Um, do, do you I, study no. any of that? I mean, not really. I mean, I um, it, it changed you know. right once they added real weapons like guns and stuff. You yeah. didn't really need to be like a, a real skull crusher. You just needed to be an accurate shooter. Yeah, I just I, I I'm mean, not trying to diminish it, but you know what I no, mean. No, no. I um actually I've only shot uh, a few guns in my life. You know, I, I like uh, uh the bow. You know, I got yeah. two bows and uh. I got a target. Another, another good thing about the field is I, I just go right out out front and shoot my bow. You know, me and my girlfriend. You are and, an uh, ancient warrior. I, I, I'm I'm not really into the uh, new military or World War Two, World War One. I, I, I mean, I used to be, you know, especially as a kid, you know. But my where it's coming from here, it's you know like the the Romans and the Vikings. Yeah. You know, I mean yeah. that's where it's from uh, that's you know because it was so much more physical you know you're not, you're not shooting somebody from a mile away i mean that, that has right. nothing to do with me and i just you know i can't get off like that man i gotta yeah. picture somebody getting hit head with an axe or you know if i stop the stone carrying there's a guy behind me with an axe gonna put it right in my back yeah, that's yeah. my philosophy i mean uh it, it works for me Yes, you know, right. It, it does. I have a great imagination, and I always did as a kid. And it's I, I'm still a big kid. I, I still like playing playing in the mud. It, you know, if you want to, you know, look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same exact way, man. Like I, yeah. I, you know, like I'm gonna go out in this ruck with somebody, and I, I hope it's raining, and I hope there's gonna be mud. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So like, I, how many people really think that way nowadays? Most people get in their car. They go to the gym and they want to find the front row parking spot so they don't have to walk through the parking lot to go into the gym that's air conditioned so they could, with their water bottle, walk on a treadmill. And then, yeah. you know, hey, that's my activity. And look, I worked out. And like, that's yeah. kind of like society, I, I right? Like I said, I've never been in a gym, but uh, I remember when the, the COVID hit and all these people were crying on Facebook. I also, I'm also on Facebook, but I got so many haters on Facebook. But uh, it's uh, everybody crying. What am I going to do to exercise? What am I going to do to exercise? Let me tell you, before I even could afford a kettlebell, I would go around the park and every bench I've seen, I do push-ups. Right. You know, that push-ups I, and i got to the point i was doing you know monday to friday 300 push-ups a day each bench i came to it was like maybe five push-ups and as the stronger i got i was doing like 20 push-ups on each bench and yeah. i'm talking about push-ups like when the back seat too where i mean uh, the back of it where it's that little thin and i got one foot on one end and my hands i could do all kind of push-ups man and never underestimate the push-up you will right. get so strong. I mean, it happened to me. That's, you know, I remember when I started, I think I did three and I was all out of breath and I was like, man, this is uh, screwed up. But then I was hitting a hundred under a minute, yeah. you know, like in no time. I was a lot loiter too then, you know? Right. So, I mean, I was uh, um, at, at the point I wanted to look like a UFC fighter. So that's how I trained and that's how I ate. And uh, some of my older photos, you'll see the four pack. Yeah. 
and uh, I have chains around me and my mace. Yeah. And um, you know, but but the thing is, uh, that a four pack doesn't mean you're strong. I wanted to lift heavy shit, man. So I start start picking up weight. I mean, I would eat three jars of peanut butter a week, 20, 20 uh, potato, twenty baked potatoes a week. Chicken, 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 chicken. I can't even eat chicken now. I ate so much chicken. My my diet now is just, uh, as soon as I'm done my workout, um, I don't have anything before the workout except black coffee. I, that's all I drink. Um, my one black coffee, and then I go right into my workout. When I'm done my workout, uh, I'll do my smoothie, and I'll eat a pound of bacon. I'll wait an hour, and then I drink nine raw eggs. And this is from old... Uh, uh, the Saxon Trio. I'm, I'm into a lot of the old time strength strength training now, and um, uh, that's what they did. They ate uh, uh, lots of meat, a lot of eggs, and they drank a lot of beer. That's how they gained their weight and yeah. they gained their strength. Now, you know, believe me, beer was a lot better back then, man. It was probably more healthier and and stuff like that than it probably is now. Now, the beer I drink, I drink the the Wussy beer, the Mick Ultra, you know, but you know, and I drink my mead. I drink my mead on in the winter time, you know. So <laughs> I'm cracking up because you're you're talking about eating a pound of bacon and and a bunch yeah. of eggs, drink them, yep. and then you're yep. like, yeah, and I drink Michelob Ultra. <laughs> yeah, and 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 when I get to work, I get three breaks, so I eat on every break, and then when I before I go to bed, I eat a big meal. Uh, before I go to bed. So are so, you doing a low carb? You didn't mention you know, much. I, I, I just eat for weight gain because I am such uh, a yeah. hard. But but very, hard, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of carbs in there. It's a pound of bacon, whole eggs. Michelob Ultra is like low carb beer. Um, yeah. So, so it's almost like keto-ish. And then you have. So when you wake up in the morning, you have your black coffee. So you, you're trained in a fasted state. Which yeah. I and you lift heavy shit and you're fasted and to, yeah. you know for me I'm always the guy that's like oh if I'm gonna do that kind of lifting I need to eat <laughs> exactly I mean there's there's uh you know I, I listen to uh you know people on YouTube and stuff saying you know you make sure you eat before you lift and yeah. then you know that's all you need to do but I don't know I eat the big meal right before I go to bed because yeah, I yeah. don't care. I don't care about the weight gain. I'm not a bodybuilder. Right, you know? right. I don't train each muscle. I pretty much everything I do is whole body workouts. Yeah. You know, I'll, um, uh, my dumbbells are always on the ground, you know, so you got to pick them up off the ground. You're using all your whole body to get things off the ground. Right. I got, uh, uh, everybody said, you got to get a weight bench. You got to get a weight bench. You know, I mean, I, I, I got a weight bench and, um, uh, you know, I did the thing. Yeah, I can, you know, bench press my own weight 20 times, whatever. It was just so boring. I mean, it's like, you know, what? when are you ever on uh, on your back lifting weight? I'm, I, I don't right. know, man. I, I do, like, real-world training, I guess it's what it is, you know? I mean, well, you know, I don't want to be outside and, you know, um, I got to lift a car off of somebody, let's say. Oh, hold on, I got to put my lifting shoes on while, you know, <laughs> right. I help this woman, you know. right. And, and yeah. but for the bench press, you could always do a floor press, which I think, like, for a guy like me, I, you know, bench press, I come all the way 
down too deep and I put too much stress on my shoulder. So I started doing yeah. floor presses and you could do those. You just lay on the floor. And then when, as soon as your elbows touch the floor, you push it right back out. Well, and you yeah, pretend... I got some videos of doing um, floor flies. They're a lot safer. Yeah. You know, right. and uh, you know, you're not going to blow up your, your muscles here and stuff yeah. like that. You know, and, but and no, the, the real world application to that is you pretend that you're, you're hiking and a bear tackles you, and it's on top of you. And Holy shit. You're pushing the bear. <laughs> yeah, not man. That, not that that would work in real life, but you could pretend. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a good one. I, right? I'm going to yeah, I mean, use that. Yeah, yeah. It just you got to use your imagination sometimes. Yeah, but try that out, you know. I, I know all about imagination, but I am going to use that one there, man. That's a good one. All right, cool. Now, yeah. when I started first um, – when I first found you on Instagram – uh, obviously, I saw you swinging a mace, and you had the beard, and and you look great, man. You're like big, strong dude, you know. And you don't, for the way you eat, you're you're still pretty lean, you know. Um, yep. But you were, I was surprised because like a couple weeks in, as I was following you, next thing I know, you're talking about fighting cancer, and you're you're yeah. lifting heavy ass weight, and you're drinking egg yolks, and I'm like, this guy's like a machine man how does he have cancer and he's lifting a giant stone out in the middle of the field can you yeah. can you bring us through that a little bit what happened and and well you know what happened was the uh uh the mole that was on my left back it's something that i had as a kid you know and you know some people told me about it and said so you should have it looked at and i said that's nah, been there forever and then um I uh, went to uh, the hospital because I got hooked on nasal spray. Um, yeah, that's really, you know, for my sinuses and stuff. And I couldn't, I couldn't get off of it. I couldn't breathe without the nasal spray. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. So I, I had to get off of that. You know, I was hooked on nasal spray. And uh, so my girlfriend goes, well, show the doctor that mole. And I said, all right. And he's seen it. He goes, well. He goes, that's like uh, at an ABCD, Mr. Zorak, that's all of them. He said, here's a, here's a number to another doctor I know. And uh, when they, um, yeah, they, they took me right in. And uh, this one, uh, there were small doctors there just learning, I guess. And they're like, oh, we don't know if, if that's really, really cancer. It, it doesn't look like a normal melanoma. And then the head doctor came in and said, well, we're taking it off right now. And, you know, once I, you know, I got the phone call and they said, yeah, it's positive. And then I get another phone call say, yeah, it's spread, spread to the lymph nodes. And I was like, wow. I was like, is there, is there any positive news, you know? And, uh, you know, they did another test and they said, well, it stopped at the lymph node and the left armpit. It didn't spread anywhere else yet, which is amazing because the mole was there for, for so long. And uh, But another thing, once I found out I had cancer, right before that, I was uh, 175 to 180 pounds. So cancer runs in my family. I know what it does to people. And I start eating. And I start eating a lot because I'm just saying, this cancer is not going to ruin my body. All the work I put into my body, it's not going to happen. You know, I'm going to keep lifting and just fight it you know with the food i eat with lifting weights and 
see what happens. So then I had the, uh, you know, the surgery. This is at uh, John Hopkins, and it was a great surgical staff. You know, they uh, they did the surgery, and uh, you know, three days later, I'm out hiking. Of course, they're saying, Brian, don't lift anything. Okay, I said, all right. So I go hiking three days later, and I got, um, I think, 18 stitches across my back, and I'm, you know, caught open under my armpit and my left groin. They had to go into also. And uh, I know a week later, man, I was, uh, you know, lifting uh, like 30-pound dumbbells, just standing up, just doing, you know, just these these cur crazy curls I do. I don't even know if they're real curls. I, I call them uh, uh, just any hell lifts. You know, that's what the strong men used to call it. Just just lift shit. Anyhow, and, uh, anyway. Yeah, so, you know, they said it, they, they got it all out, out of the back, but they said, we're going to start you on the chemo, chemo pills, which are, were destroying my body. And uh, I, I had a bad reaction to what they said. And they said, are you still lifting? And I said, yeah, I'm lifting. Uh, I just deadlifted over 500 pounds a couple of days ago. And they said, we don't see how you're doing that because your muscles are just like uh, deteriorating right. from the blood work that we see. And I was like, well, I feel okay, you know, but, but my blood work was horrible. So they, they went on a, a lower dose of the chemo and same thing. And then, uh, you know, but I just kept lifting. I just kept eating more and more. And uh, finally, they took me off the chemo. And uh, After how long? I was probably on it for maybe six months, these pills. I was wow. supposed to be on it for a year. Oh, okay. And, uh yeah, you know, sad thing is I never heard from any pharmacist or doctor, Brian, how you're doing? You know, it's just like all I get is bills, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that, that's the real world. <laughs> yeah, that's I think when people are going through cancer and they don't really have help from people, yeah. they, they fall into that sad world like you just described where they just keep getting bills and they don't understand what's happening to their bodies. They don't know yeah. what their future is going to be, how how depressing and demoralizing that is I, I, I when I first when I first found out about it you know I, I did my crying you know I cried a day I knew in my life I was going to get cancer because I know it runs in my family so I wasn't shocked about that you know but I said all right I did my crying and now it's time to do shit about it you know I'm going to just keep living my life I'm going to eat a lot more I'm going to get stronger and I'm going to lift until I can't lift anymore you know, but you got to stay positive, man. I mean, I got a friend at work who just had uh, had, had uh, his kidney removed for cancer and he's out of work. And I called him. And I, I said, Mike, uh, if you need anything, uh, you know, I, I just tell him, stay positive and stay strong. I said, you know, and your bills, don't worry about them hospital bills. You pay them 50 bucks a month. As long as they get something, they're happy with that. Right. You know. So you got to stay positive. You go, you know, I know there's cancers out there that you, you know, like my father had, and it was, there was no way they just, uh, 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 they kept him alive, you know, day by day, but there was no cure for his cancer, the blood cancer, yeah. you know, you know, there's cancers like that. Luckily uh, I had, I had stage three cancer, but I survived, you know, was it the diet and working out? Who knows? Of course, your know, doctors aren't going to say that's what it was. You know, they just kept telling me, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's working. Well, you, you, know? you chose to fight. You made that declaration to yourself. You said, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep lifting and I'm going to keep eating. 
And yep. to you, that was your declaration of war. And you were, oh, yeah. you were behind it. And, and what I always hear is uh, it's that mentality that helps people fight through cancer. It's, it's oh, just yeah. that, like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to – it might – who knows what's going to happen to me, but it ain't going to be me laying down. I'm going to have my boots on, and I'm going to be kicking ass the whole way. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to have my boots on, man. <laughs> I love but, uh, yeah, just, um, you know, I mean, I'm a fighter, you know, I'm not going down like that. Yeah. That's, yep. that's a incredible situation. I'm glad that, you know, you, you made it through it and, um, yeah. and you know, and, they, and, they, and, they, and one, one other thing is, um, you know, also I've made a lot of changes up here and I said, you know, I have no regrets in my life. You know, you can't live a life with regret. How do you, you do know? that? How do you do that? How do you shut off those regrets? Uh, well, you, you just, have to, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to make your heart kind of cold and stony, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I, I look, I look past and that's a good question, man. How do I do it? Because um, seriously, I, I I agree with you, and but yeah. sometimes, sometimes I catch myself and I go, I'm not living my life with no regrets right now, and that's but sucks. also I I know you know I studied like the Norse, you know at how they were and they lived their life like that, you know, no regrets, you know their gods was um, you know you don't ask your them gods for anything. You know, you're responsible for your own life. Wow. You know, never wow. ask them for, you know, not like, you know, the Catholic religion. I was part of that for a lot, long, long time. That's how I was raised. And you kneel and pray for forgiveness and, you know, turn the other cheek, you know, if you get punched. No, that's not how life is. You know, I like the Norse way, you know, better. You know, when I'm out walking and I'm honoring, you know, Tyr and Odin, you know, I'm like, you know, thank you. You know, this heavy walk is for you. You know, this is why I'm doing it. You know, if they're ready for me, they would have took me. You know, that's, that's how it is. Yeah, so you're but focusing they, they, on... They weren't, they weren't ready for me yet. I wasn't strong enough for them yet, you know? So I'm getting stronger. Uh, you know? I love and, that. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, instead of thinking as we get older, we get weaker, eventually we die and go away. It's, I'm, no, I'm, I'm making I'm myself stronger years. before I move yeah. on to a better place. Exactly. I, I'm 52 years old, and uh, I started late in life with this lifting. Of course, when I was a kid, I had a curling bar with the uh, sand-filled weights and stuff that I dabble with. You know, my original job as a printer, you know, pretty much kept me in shape. But, uh, you know, I'm also, you know, 192 pounds, and I'm 5'8". Everybody thinks I'm, I'm so big. I just talked to one guy. He goes, you're only 192 pounds and 5'8". I said, yeah, the camera adds like 300 pounds to you. <laughs> called a uh, strong man, not a uh, big man. Hey, you know, right, right. You don't need to be big, you know, to be strong, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's um, that's a good point. Now, mm -hmm. you um uh, put up some interesting quotes that you know, like when I was looking through your, your grid on Instagram and I just, you know, I, I, I took a few screenshots so we could talk about them. Um, okay. because like this, like I read, I read the quote and then I go, yeah, man, that's a cool quote. What, you know, what's that all about? So th this is a, a great way to kind of dig a little deeper here. 
So one of them I pulled up, it, it, these are kind of recent, so you probably remember posting them. Uh, peace has cost you your strength. Victory has defeated you. Was that, oh. so that was Bean? Was that Bean saying that? No, that's uh, uh, from Bean. To me, that's low testosterone America now. But yeah. how kids are being raised and, you know, everybody wants, 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 you know, I deserve this, I deserve that, you know. To me, that, that's what it's about. I mean, there's not a lot of you know, people like us anymore. You know, everybody's being handed stuff. It's making you soft. Yeah, you know, so people don't, people don't want to work anymore. You know, right. I don't, I don't want to hear this, uh, you know, this COVID thing and you can't go to work. There are so many jobs out there, you know, to get your ass to work. You know, I'm sick of paying for your goddamn kids. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, if like constantly getting what you want whenever you want um, yeah. is, is you just no, making you soft. We don't need to hunt anymore like we did back in the day. We, we don't need to walk 60 miles anymore. You know, yeah. it softens people up. You know, I mean, these kids these days are on their video games and, you know, they, they'll never know how, you know, I mean, I had to walk to school, you know, four miles of school and stuff through snow. Yeah. I'm still at that age, you know. I mean, I worked my ass off in printing. Very laborious job, man. I was doing farmer farmers walks before I even knew what farmers walks were. One printing press that was that were two stories high, yeah. and slinging water jugs around and cans of ink. You know, these kids just want free money or to sit on their ass all day, man. Yeah, and the thing kids really need is to do a physical labor job, and that's that's yeah. I did the same shit. I used to do roofing and all kinds of construction work when I was a kid. Yeah, and very it was dangerous work too. Yeah. Dangerous. It taught you how to be careful, how to respect you know things. It it was physically you know you have to endure an entire day out in the sun, and who right. who knows who you're working for? Your boss might be like, eat your sandwich and get back to work. You're not sitting around right. for the next twenty minutes looking at your phone. And then the other thing was. Um, you actually learn how to build shit or you learn how, how to make stuff. And yep. it, then when you see the roof is done, you go, I just put that roof on me. Yeah. I did that sense of accomplishment. And, and mm -hmm. that's, you know, and if you mess it up and it's wavy, oh boy, well, now you're not going to get paid. Yeah. That's a tough well, lesson we, to learn. And now, and the, and the printing company, when, when I started, you know, I worked with my dad too. And uh, of course I didn't work with my dad at first. My dad went to the foreman and said, put him with the meanest pressman there is. And uh, <laughs> oh my God, what's that mean? It, it's I'm in a union shop now, man. You can't even holler at anybody in there. When, yeah. when I was in printing, man, it was like the military, man. You know, I mean, you were called every name in the book. They play jokes on you all the time, but when you're new, I mean, it was it, it was brutal, and it was brutal work. I worked 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week. I mean, that's that's how printing was back then. Yeah, you know, very very laborious and every day working. Yeah. 12 hours a day, and we didn't have no breaks. There was no breaks on the printing press. You got to keep that thing running. You had your lunch on the press if you had time to eat. <laughs> you know. That that's yeah. I, I, it sounds rough and and it is and that's okay. Yeah, it should be. I, All right. I, so I, I, I did. Yeah, I I worked on a, a, a the big commercial printing presses, the big web ones. They were like thirty rooms long. I mean, these these things were beasts, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next one is make your ancestors proud. Become someone your descendants will aspire to become. Wow. Oh yeah, man. I mean, if I ever have uh, grandkids, 
you know, I have three daughters. Maybe one day some one of them will pop at a, a kid. I want my grandkid to, you know, wow, that's grandpa, you know, walking around, lifting weights like that at 52 years old or, or whatever. And that's that's what it was to me. That's how I felt, uh, you know, about that. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a crybaby, man. I just, uh, you know, I I live shit. It has to be done. And, uh, you know, if, if I can make my family proud of me, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, that's great. A lot of times, mostly I, I do it for myself. I enjoy lifting, you right. know, I do. But, but yeah, you're, you're, there is that connection to your ancestry too. Those people in our past, yeah, a hard life and yeah. they would, they would laugh at how easy we got it nowadays. They would, they would be like, oh, wow, you, you guys are yeah. soft as can be. How and, about, how about World War One and World War Two? I mean, imagine what these people who died for us, what they're right. seeing in this country now. It's yes, sad, man. Right. Really they, sad. They, right. Right. The threat of communism, the threat of socialism has yeah. never been so close as it is now. And oh, yeah. those, what did those wonderful people go out and fight and die for? That's a exactly. that's a very good point. All right, yep. next one here is most parents say they would die for their kids, but less than 30% will live a healthy lifestyle for them. Isn't that yeah. just a sign of our society? I found that, uh, I think, last week, man, and I was like, wow, that's, you know, it's, I mean, it's true. I mean, uh, uh, like I said, I'm always coming from from my point of view, you know. I mean, I do the best I can. I'm not the best father in the world, you know. I'm, you know, a divorced four years. I got three girls, you know. Uh, if it, Maybe if it was boys, it'd be different, you know, uh, with me, but... I'm always there for my girls, and I, I hope that they do see I'm, I'm a hard worker, and I did the best I could when I was home, and, um, you know, I never slacked off, you know, I mean, marriages fail, and all I can uh, say is I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a drug addict, I'm not a gambler, you know, right. I, I, drink, I drink my beer on the weekends, I did what I was supposed to do with the marriage, I worked hard. And, uh, you know, that's what we're supposed to do, right, in this, you know, this world. Even though I hate working now and making money for the big fat man upstairs, I'd, I'd like to have my own business and stuff. And who knows, maybe in the future, you know, I will, you know. Yeah, right. And then, and then with that, you're able to take care of your kids. And if you're going to yeah. take care of your kids, it's got to be doing everything. Not, you know, not just saying you would die for them, but – you know, taking care of your health and being there for them for as long as possible. And health is also the brain, right? Cognitive. and Oh, man. Hell I, yeah. Right? I, I, I could tell you this. I mean, when I started lifting weights, not only does it make your body strong, it makes your mind strong. Right. You know, it, it takes away fear. Yeah. I, I, I noticed. I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah. Really, you know? I mean, I'm just, when you're lifting stones over your head, that's real fear, you yeah. know? That's that's real shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's you know, so I I, I never found anything, you know, that actually scared me like that. I'm lifting stones outside. Or if I if I die out there, there's nobody there to save me. There, it's just me. You know, I mean <laughs> okay. it's that's that's dangerous, scary shit. Yeah. So once you do shit like that, it's um 
man, there's not a lot in this world that can really scare you, man. And maybe if you have a gun in your face or something, you know, but right. yeah, I don't yeah. know. But facing your, your possible end at any moment that definitely puts life in a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the cancer and, um, you know, I think I just, uh, I, I looked at the cancer really as, as a workout. I looked at it as, okay, this is just another uh, wall that I got to knock down, you know, until my next chapter, you know, and uh, that's how I looked at it after, uh, you know, I came to my senses and stuff. And then when I said I had to fight it, I could, all right, just another workout, just another wall. Let me just knock this down and move on in my life, you know, so yeah, it makes your mind very strong lifting. I told people that, you know, and um uh, you know, I can tell you, people wanted my this union job, and you know, they don't want to hear anything about my lifting. I mean, they they work night work, they they stay up to four or five in the morning looking at their stocks, their invisible money that's not there, and then they <laughs> they sleep, then they sleep all day, you know, and yeah, they don't they don't even want to ask me what I do because that they, they'll make their life look like shit. Yeah, you know that's... what I'm doing. I like night work because I can get up seven thirty in the morning. And I can go lift, I can go kayak, I can shoot my bow, I go hiking, I work in my garden, you know, I got a curfew at night, I make sure I'm in bed by one o'clock every night, you know, and that's, you know, it's a lot of discipline. Discipline is key. Yes, discipline. Definitely. You have to have it. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that goes right to our next quote here, Brian. You have uh, this guy, who is this guy? Fyodo Dostoyevsky. Your, yeah, worst, was, your worst yeah. sin is that you have destroyed and betrayed yourself for nothing. Yeah. Well, that is uh, – I, I don't think I've ever really, you know, tore that one apart yet, man. But, but it kind of connects to you what know. you were just talking about. You know, you're, you're, met, you're, you're talking about the people you work with who they just kind of live a life exactly. where they destroy themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, they're and, waiting. I mean, really what they're doing, they're waiting to die. Yeah. That's that's for what nothing, they're doing. For nothing. Yeah. You're, you're you're waiting to die. You're you're waiting for your paycheck. You know, you work and then you die. Yeah. I'm I'm not, you know, I go to my job to rest, man, because I'm so freaking <laughs> tired. That, that's a good thing about a union job, you know. I, I go there to rest. But uh, you know, it's nothing like printing where it was constantly moving but uh at least i have a job like that where i could take it easy and uh, i do all i could get my whole life all kind of shit done in the morning but you're yeah. right people are they just throw their life away they just think you know i'm just going to work and uh try to move up and up the ladder there and it, it doesn't make you happy man i've no. had a lot of money i've had a lot I, i've made great money in printing and you know, I right. mean, they come to come to find out when I lost my printing job, you know, I, I, uh, I start drinking a lot with this new union job. And because I had more hours, I only worked 40 hours a week. I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. You know, dangerous so was, free time. Yeah. So I started drinking more and more. And uh, I had a 38 waist, you know, 38 waist. And I weighed 175 pounds. Okay. N now, listen to this. Yeah. 38 waist, 175 pounds. Now I have a 36 waist and I'm 192 pounds. See, that's yeah. that's a difference, man. 
And you, you know, did this in your 40s. I think I started at 43 or 44, you know. I, so many I, people, they hit their 40s and they go, ah, it's too late now. What's the point? I'm too old. Ah. Meanwhile, you, you literally lost fat and built a ton of muscle. Yeah. In your 40s. Yeah. In yeah, I, so I, I don't want to hear. I start riding my bike, and because I was sick of the way I looked, I I woke up one day. I had to uh, look like uh, uh, one of them little black kids, uh, Ethiopians with the big bellies and stuff. And that's how I look, man. I, I'm um, I, I have the body of uh, the basketball player. What's that? Ectomorph. Yeah. So it's hard for me to build muscle and stuff like that. You know, right. it, it takes us a lot to, to for gains. And uh, so I rode my bike, and I, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I didn't have any food either. So for three months, I just rode my bike really fast down the park and lost 30 pounds in three months. You know, even my, uh, at work, human resources called me upstairs, and they're like, Brian, you okay? Uh, you know, people are saying you have cancer. I, and I looked really bad, man. I mean, I went from 175 pounds down to 135 pounds or 130 pounds. Wow. Very, very, yeah. You probably didn't get to them photos, but they're, yeah, they're there somewhere. And uh, I said, no, I'm fine. I'm just, you know, I quit drinking and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, get everything out of my body. I'm going to start over, you know. And uh, so I think I started wrong. I mean, I could have used that fat for for weightlifting and turned that fat into muscle. So I had to start all over with a brand new body. Nah, you're better and, off. You're better off just losing the weight and starting from a ripped, lean state, and then building muscle. That's yeah. always the best way. That's it. It turns out it, that worked out like that for you. Yeah, and then um, that's pretty much how it started, you know. And then I said, well, maybe I should start lifting weights, you know. And um, I, I knew I couldn't put a, I couldn't fit a big power rack in my house or anything, and uh. I seen a photo of this guy, uh, uh, Hank Baker. I don't know if you know Hank. Uh, what what magazine is that? This is unconventional, unconventional athletes. I was actually in this magazine with the guy who got me started. No kidding. And, uh, yeah, they gave me three pages in here. I got lifting stones. My workout, what's called the bear. So my stone workout is in here on the log flips. And uh, so I seen this guy on the web pulling an anchor through sand. Now, Hank's a big guy. He's like six five, six six, And I said, that's what I want to do, man. I want to do shit like that. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the unconventional training, that's what it is. And, yeah, he kind of got me started. And then I was on Facebook, and I, I texted him, and he texted me back on Facebook. I was like, holy shit, you know. And we just start talking. He's like, how how big are you? I said, well, I'm 5'8 and 135 pounds. And he just laughed. He goes, oh, you're a hobbit. I said, yeah, I'm a hobbit. And um, But he, he taught me a lot. You know, when I when I got my first kettlebell at 35 pounds, I'm left-handed. So the left hand, I was doing six reps up. But my right hand, I couldn't – I could only do two. And I thought I had, uh, like, major injury there. And Hank told me, he goes, no, you just never used that muscle before you know, just keep pushing. And, um, yeah, Hank was there, like, the, the first year or two and pointed me in the right direction with a lot of a lot of training. And uh, Did you uh, actually meet him? Were you working together? Uh, or was this, no, this... he's uh, he's in uh, 
maybe Switzerland, I think. Oh, okay. You know, something like that. Uh, I hope one day too, you know, to meet them one day and, uh, you know, and we do training together. It, it'd be nice. Yeah, I'm but, familiar with, with the magazine and um, another guy who's in in the Unconventional magazine is uh, Don from Adex with his uh, – Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? I talked to Don uh, on, on Facebook. See, that's the thing. Uh, let me just go with Facebook for a minute, okay? Yeah. Now, I know people use it for hate and for telling their whole freaking life story, right. uh, all negative, negative, negative. But I met some, I met some of the best trainers – on Facebook, yeah, and I I couldn't believe how nice these people were, you know. But when you think of the trainers and bodybuilders, you always think, man, these guys all got you know big egos and they don't want to talk to anybody. But ninety percent of them are great guys, and they they give you all kind of information on diet and, yeah. and lifting techniques. And uh, I learned a lot from a lot of a lot of people on Facebook. You can learn from Facebook. And not just use it for hate and, you know, and telling your whole family history to everybody who, who doesn't give a shit about your family history. I'm just letting you know way out there. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, but, uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, I think um, they're, they're great tools. Um, they annoy the shit out of me. And, and I honestly, right now, I think they should just be obliterated and we should just go back to the old way. But yeah. if that but happened, we wouldn't, I wouldn't, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know? uh, the, uh, the Instagram is so much more positive yeah. than uh, the Facebook thing. I, I, You know, I talk to so many people on Instagram and, uh, you know, Facebook. I might put a video up there lifting and I might, you know, get one like. I mean, not that it matters to me that that kind of stuff, but right. Instagram is so different, man. You get so much more support and, yeah. uh, you know, people are inspired by you to go lift and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, um, um, too, you know, with Facebook, um, I, I hear it a lot nowadays, especially with the climate of all this craziness going on. People are saying that they're people on Facebook, they're not now they're not friends anymore. Like, and I'm talking about real friends that because of Facebook and because people expressing certain things, now they're not friends with people in real life. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had to, you know, get rid of some people on Facebook, you know, negative people. I mean, it yeah. went, one, one, one girl said, he goes, man, you're so ego, ego driven. Uh, you, you big blockhead. And I was like, you know, you don't, you have no idea why I lift or right. ego. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you about ego, if you lift weights, you got ego. I mean, mm. ego is what makes me lift heavier. Yeah. You know, that's my ego. I don't get mm. rid of my ego. I mean, ego yeah. is a good thing to have. Yes. It makes you powerful. Thank you. you know, it is. It's it's it's, it's great. You know, it's got me through so much having, uh, you know. And another thing, I know I'm stronger than 99% of the people at my job. It's, you know, it feels good to be strong and have a big ego like that. Yeah. You know, people can't lift over 500 pounds at my work, you know, and rep it, you know, right. I mean, some of the, yeah, I do biggest... have an ego, but you know, you don't know why I lift right. or, or anything like that. I lift to be strong. That's what, what the, the, the male does. That's what they're supposed to do. Stay strong. You know, I don't want to be weak. You know, I've been weak before. It's, it's not fun. I like being strong, man. It's more fun. Yeah, I think that the 
the perception when somebody is putting their stuff out there because it's there. There's a, there's these tools to do it. I think that the perception is that when you see somebody talking about their lift or their body or whatever, uh, people want to say, oh, look at the ego on this person. Oh, they think they're so great. And I really think that that's coming from their own insecurity. Oh, and, yeah. And that's it because <laughs> because they're missing out on the whole point. The whole point is like, hey, look, I'm just sharing some incredible stuff. I think it's incredible because, you know, I'm, I'm pushing my ass through it. And I just want to share with you that this is actually something that you could do, too. But people don't see that. What they're seeing is, oh, here comes the guy bragging about how he just lifted X amount of pounds or, you know. Exactly, man. And it's exactly. like it's it, it that is people tearing each other down. Yep. What, what we need is a strong America, a strong society where people are like, yo, I saw you on Instagram lifting that frigging crazy ass 145 pound stone. So guess what? Now I'm out in my backyard and I got like a 90 pound stone, but I'm going to catch you, man. I'm going to catch you. Yeah. You know why I'm going to catch you? Because my ego says Let's go after that guy. And then your ego goes, oh, yeah, come on, bring it on. Yeah. And then that's, a, <laughs> and that's fit, fun competition. But we live in a society now where, no, we can't compete with each other. Everybody's the same. Everybody's equal. And right. that's just a complete uh, fallacy. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's hurting just, us. I mean, uh, you know, like this interview, I, I only told like uh, three people at my job, you know, about it because – if I was like to tell the other mechanics, you know, they would just walk away. I mean, I, I told one guy yesterday and he goes, oh, you're going to be on, uh, you know, your podcast for lifting. He goes, well, well, I broke my, my leg uh, uh, in a motor, motocross accident a month ago. Can I get on to us? Whatever. You, you know, they just walk away as soon as I start talking about lifting. So I don't talk about lifting at my job anymore. You know, right. they, they don't want to hear it, you know. But uh, I had a guy at work turn to me and say, Fred, not everything in life is about lifting weights. And I stopped and I looked at him and I thought for a second and I was, it hit me right there. I, I said, no, actually, it is everything. Everything yeah. is about. Now, let me just back off a little bit. Not necessarily lifting weights, but physically challenging yourself on almost a daily. Okay. Maybe you don't do it every day because you got to rest a little bit, but a physical challenge that puts you right on the line, something that tests you every day, something that humbles you every day. Yeah. That, it, it, that, that's life. That's life in of itself in a nutshell, right? Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I was just telling uh, uh, my girlfriend yesterday. I said, you know what? I, I can't imagine not lifting for work. And the only thing I had to look forward to was work. How do people do it? Right. <laughs> I mean, how can you sleep all day, man? You're sleeping your life away and, you know, and you just go to work. I just, I, I, I don't think like that. I'm, you know, but 90% of people are like that though, man. There's, there's right. very few lifters in this world. What is it like? Like, like 18%? Maybe 10%? Okay. Well, that is more than I thought. I, but I'm still, always saying 18% of people own a gym membership. That's, that doesn't mean they actually use it. So that don't mean shit, man. It, it could be less. It could be less. But I'm just yeah. giving that number. But why? Well, what, yeah. what number do you think it is? I I thought it was like nine percent. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, to, with the the true diehard, you know, people. But 
I don't know. That's probably right. My thinking. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a low number. It really is. And, and it's, it's, it's incredible because um, when you jump into this world, this lifting physical culture world, you go, Oh my God, these people are raw, man. Like this is, this is like visceral primal stuff. Why, why isn't everybody else doing this? Yeah. Right. Right. And there's, I guess there's so many reasons why, but. You know what? I, I want to go back to the other thing. You said the guy says something to you about, you know, why do you, you know, lift every day? I had a guy a few years uh, ago at my job say, say, uh, why do you lift and take care of yourself? You're only going to die anyway. I mean. Yes, right. That's another one. <laughs> you know, I was like, really? I was like. And I, I told him, I said, why don't you just kill yourself now then? Right. <laughs> then you might as well just you know, die right now. I'll, I'll watch you. <laughs> right. You know? Jesus. I mean, there's some horrible people out there, man. Yeah. Uh, you, know? you know, you know you're not going to live forever. Like, no. I, yeah, I'm not uh, mentally incapacitated. I know that. I don't have delusions where I think I'm going to live forever because I lift a right. weight. I yeah. think the thing is, while I'm here right now, I want to be able to rip through that wall. I want to be able to fight off that attacker. I want to be able to go do my job, my my physical job, whatever. I want to be able yeah. to defend my family, whatever your you reason be, is. You want to be harder to kill. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. That's what it's it, all about. Whatever it is. Yeah. That's it, Brian, man. That's You know what? Good talk, man. This, is, uh, this was some okay. good stuff. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this and definitely do come back on check in once in a while, because uh, I think you have a lot to share. And um, I think you, you, you know, when, when well, you, people, got, you yeah. actually got a lot out of me, man. I, I didn't even know I had that much to share, but you know, I, I don't, I don't do this uh, that often. I did one a few years ago, one uh, muscle and motivation, you know? Yeah. Oh, muscle, and, uh, you did muscle and motivation. Yeah. I did two one there. Oh uh, my God. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, the guy Eric, nice yeah. guy who passed passed Eric away. Year. Yeah, I sad, you man. know what? I probably now I I listened to almost every episode, so I yeah. must have I must have listened to you and not even realize it. Yeah, I was very young. I mean, that's like a year or two. I think it was right before the magazine came out too. So it's probably 2014 or 2015. Oh, okay. All right, I'm going to go back and check that out. So um, I I don't even know if you could access those episodes anymore since Eric passed away. Yeah, mine came up on a reminder for like a year later on Facebook, and I I couldn't get to it. Now, I'm sure there – I think somebody else has the site, too. Maybe uh, his older brother, he might have took care of, you know. I'm not sure, though, about that, but I still see things under there that pop up on my screen, so. Okay. Well, yeah, if – if anybody's interested in hearing that interview going back yeah. to 2014, go to like look up muscleandmotivation.com, muscle and motivation, yeah. Eric Fiorello. Or yep. um, so Brian, you're we're gonna spell your name for everybody so they could uh, find you. So it's Brian yep. Zurich and it's yep. spelled B-R-Y-A-N. Z U R E K, and that's how you're found on Instagram. So, right, and, and I also have uh, I have like a um, motivation uh, weightlifting page on Facebook, and it's Pit Fit two one two two two. Pit Fit two one 
two 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 yep okay because i gotta follow you over there i i don't even have that so i gotta yeah. i gotta look that up and uh yeah i i'm just looking at your your profile right now um and the you know for instagram it says brian zurich and then it just says hold nothing back seize your fucking glory yeah yeah, hell yeah, man. Things are just better when you drop the F-bomb, right? <laughs> it's, of course, man. Of that, course. Is that, is that a – did you find that quote somewhere, or is that kind of like a, a Brian quote? The, uh, that's from uh, – Jesus. Uh, 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 300. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, the, sec the second movie. And he's getting ready to jump uh, the, the last battle attack, and he's uh, he's walking to the boat, and he looks at his – his little, all, all the guys on the boat journey goes, hold nothing back, seize your glory. Yeah. So eventually I'm going to have that tattoo right on my chest because <laughs> it's got me, it's got me through a lot in life. Okay. Yep. That's awesome, man. I, I, yeah. I love that. Um, you know what? I was good. I was just going to hang up with you, but we didn't talk about any music stuff here. And this is another, <laughs> this is another place where you and I kind of connect because yeah. I saw you uh, on your Instagram. You play really, really nicely, dude. And you you got you. you got this Telecaster, and you're just like uh, playing some punk songs, and it's very clean tone. And your right hand is just jamming, just going, yeah. going right hand, right hand, right hand. And uh, that's you know yep. I'm, I'm trying to get better at guitar playing. And I was I'm like, a, you know, what? I'm, I'm self I'm self taught, man. I mean, I found uh, my first guitar in a trash can. And uh, had four strings on it. I don't tune normal. If you look at my, like a bar chord's like this, mine's like this. I created all my own tuning. Uh, ne never had lessons. No kidding. You know? uh, and wait a minute. Okay, there you are. And, uh, but yeah, I, I've been playing, I think, since I was nine when I found that trash can. I mean, when I found a guitar in a trash can. Yeah. So, but. And you play a little bass too, right? Yeah, I actually played. Uh, it was hard to play guitar in bands because of the way I tuned. You know, people they didn't know how to deal with that. Yeah. So, and it was hard to play. I I, I write my own songs because I can't play other people's songs. Yeah, but you know, I'm kind of the same way. That's that's what happens with yeah. Me. So, so the bass I turned I tune normal, and uh, I got in a lot of like Slayer, Metallica kind of bands, and we just you know played. Uh, a lot of thrash. That's yeah. when I played bass, man. Uh, I even did uh, uh, the Iron Maiden, the Trooper, man. And when I used to do that, so now I played that with a pick. But when yeah. I got done playing that, I always had blood from my thumb, man. Because it's like, dun, 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 dun. oh, yeah. yeah. I right. can't play that I, shit anymore. You know, I, I can't play that fast anymore. Yeah, the, the, that's what I love about heavy metal. The precision and the speed are uh, uncomprehensible. Like Metallica, uh, James Hetfield just downpicking. Like, yeah, yeah. All yeah. those songs, and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna learn that. And I mean, when I try to actually play along, it, maybe I could last the first thirty seconds, and then I just start falling out, and that's it. It's it's, it's incredible. A, so you so practice, you like metal, man. and you, well, it sounds like you like all kinds of different kinds of music because you wrote like, some nice songs on your acoustic guitar, which are just. I, I learned the uh uh the chugga chugga, you know. That's happening here is these three fingers hitting the wood of the guitar. But, you know, Johnny Cash. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, 
put on some old Johnny Cash and learn how to play that. And, you know, with the telly, a little bit of delay. Ding, 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 ding. You know, get that, you know, it's not, it's, that the power is in the right hand. Yeah. Okay. That's where the power is. Not in the left hand. This left hand is going to do what it wants to do. But your power, your technique is here in this hand. You know, your right hand. Ding, 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 you know. And like I said, it. I love it. You know, I don't play as often as uh, as I used to. I mean, uh, I'm really, you know, the, the weightlifting kind of took over a lot. You know, but you and, uh, you mentioned and I got earlier, a girlfriend now, so you mentioned earlier that you you have a a big imagination, and so here you are talking about how you like to write your own songs, and. Yeah. There, like, I've written stuff, and yeah, I don't know if people would really like what I wrote, but the, I don't care. When I right. write I, stuff, I like I the care. creation process. It exactly, takes me out of, out of my normal mode, and I'm like, how do I make something sound like this or like that? And I had this thought in my head, and yeah. it's such an amazing thing to be able to do that and do it with I mean, music. And a big influence in my writing is uh, Frank Black. Um, he's uh, the co-founder of the, the Pixies. Yeah. And he went and did uh, Frank Black and the Catholics. I've seen the, him a, a lot of times. Yeah. You know? And yes. the Pixies. And yeah. he, he's, to me, one of the best songwriters there ever was and so underrated. But that's who infl- influenced me to get, I got the same acoustic guitar as him, uh, the Takimini a- AN-10. Uh, the Telecaster, he's a Telecaster player. He's got the Vox amps. He's a big influence on my songwriting and, and, and my playing style now. You know, he always was. I got into Frank about in 1992, I think, you know, very early. Yeah. Uh, I, that, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because I stopped. I was listening to some of the, his stuff a while ago. And, and then I kind of just, you know, how you just kind of phase it out because you start getting into other stuff. Yeah. And now when we hang up, I'm going to go make a coffee. I'm going to go put that on because, he, yeah. yeah, great music from him. He's got a lot of music, man. It'll, yeah. it'll take you a long time. To, you know, luckily I got almost all his stuff on CDs, you know, so it's yeah. great, man. Ah, that's great, man. Yeah, um, keep keep putting stuff up, you know, write, write a couple tunes and, and just pop them up. I'm going to keep doing the same thing too. Um, all right, man. One of these days, I'm actually gonna get my band together. It's like, it, like you talk about being a kid, right? I yeah. always wanted to be in a band when I was a kid. I grew up, you know, went, got to firefighting, but here I am at 48 years old, and I'm still hanging on to that dream. And it makes me feel awesome just knowing that one day there's gonna be a drummer and a guitar player. I'm gonna be up on oh, a stage yeah. somewhere. If it doesn't, really, and and these days, all you need is a drummer. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You know, I'll take whatever. Hey, if somebody's got a friggin' Uh, like a shoebox and a and a wooden spoon. You're a drummer. Let's go. We're we're taking it on the road. <laughs> yep. Brian, thank you very much, man. We're in right, touch, and and uh, we'll get you back on again soon. All right, man. All right. It was great, man. I had fun. Thank yeah, you. me too. Thank you, uh, everybody. Check out Brian. Uh, he's got some uh, recent stuff up on Instagram where he's lifting his uh, doing his deadlifts and stuff. Just check him out. You're you're gonna love it. All right, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. All right. Take care. Take care.